When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi, continuing our conversation about Center of Hope. CenterofHopeTX.com is their website. We just got done speaking with their CEO, Paula Robinson. We are switching now to their Director of Development, Stacey Markwart. Markwart. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. I'm glad that you showed up. So when I set this interview up, I, I talked to Paula, and I'm expecting only a Paula, and then I come downstairs to grab only Paula, and there you are. It's two for one here. Yeah. Two for one. <laughs> We've extended this interview. It's, uh, it's exciting. I always like to talk as much as I can about an organization. It helps you just understand it more. So I'm, I'm glad that you're here. Well, thank you for having and us. And I want to hear more about Center of Hope. Uh, first of all, let's kind of figure out what you do for the organization as Director of Development. What do you do? Well, I guess if you want to just sum it up, it's to oversee you know, fundraising initiatives for the center. All right, so that's yeah. that's your big thing. You right. are trying to you're you're grabbing cash to make sure this organization <laughs> can keep going. I would love if I could just grab cash. That's great. <laughs> yes. Um, do you have experience in nonprofit? Is this your first uh, gig within the nonprofit sector? Yes, I was always um, in corporate world, and just uh, circumstances got me to not, to the nonprofit world. So this is my first time with a nonprofit. I've been I started as a volunteer in 2011. And shortly thereafter, was able to go on staff doing all their marketing. And then for the past three years, being director of development. Were you in the corporate world still when you started volunteering? No, I, I it moved. I was in Kansas City and okay. working as a account executive for Xerox. And my husband's job moved, so it brought me to Texas. So did you all move into Weatherford, or were yes. you in an outside area? Yes, we are actually in Weatherford. Okay, so had you been to Weatherford before? No. No? No. But it's a great place to live. All right. Parker County is where it's at. All right. I'm glad that you like it. So you're you're in charge of fundraising, and I understand that you guys are are actually looking at a big uh, push, that you're you're, you're really trying to gather cash for a very specific reason, and I do want to talk about that. Before that, though, I want to talk about why you decided to become a part of this organization. What was it about Center of Hope that drew you initially? Well, um, it was my church. Um, so Center of Hope does partner with 75 churches in the community. Uh, one of those churches happens to be Northside, where I go to, why I attend a church. Our pastor is a huge supporter of Center of Hope, and he gave a sermon one time. And I, I had been sick for a while and not really able to work for a little period of time. And I was ready to go, and my husband a little hesitant. And um, I had in my room, I just have to go into this talk real fast. Fine, in right. my room, I had what was called a sick couch. Um, I was not able to walk sometimes. And so my husband would take me to the sick couch. But as time went on and I got on medication, I just got better. And um, I just said, I'm ready to go. And my husband was very, very kind of, no, I don't think so, not yet. But I was sitting in church one Sunday, and Brother Van Hauser is our pastor, and he looked up, and he was basically giving a sermon on serving. And he looked up, and I swear he was looking at me, pointed his finger and said, get off the couch and go do something. And I, I'm very little. <laughs> I took it as that. And the literal the next day, walked into Center of Hope, said I want to volunteer. I, I need to learn more about the sick couch. <laughs> 
Is this a name? You just started calling it the sick couch? Yes. In my bedroom, I had a couch. And because I was not able to walk a lot of times, my husband would carry me to the couch. I had to get out of bed every day. That was a big thing for me. So I was able to. So how long were you, you were immobilized for how long? Um, five years. Five years? Yes. yes. Five years. Yes. And this organization was the thing that you ran towards off the couch after five years of being immobile? Right, because I thought volunteering would be a good way for me to go out and find out, am I well enough to go out and have a job now? You know, if, if, am I okay? Am I physically okay? Um, and that's that's kind of what I did. I wasn't able to drive yet. But shortly thereafter, about a year later, I was able to drive and knew that, okay, I can go out and get a job. And so I told Paula, I'm going to leave. And she said, no, <laughs> you stay. Yeah. You're kind of burying the lead here. Yeah. You're like, I started volunteering and, you know, here I am. So, I mean, the journey that you've taken as a human being within this organization and obviously for yourself is actually unbelievably impressive. So you were ill for years mm -hmm immobile, not being able to do anything after a successful career in the corporate world, you're you're sidelined. Yes. And you somehow find this organization through church, mm -hmm. and it was just on the recommendation that you thought that this was going to be kind of your thing. What did you expect going going into it? I, I really didn't know. I thought I really like to serve people, and, you know, I wanted to help. And so when I went in, I said, the only thing I can't do— I'm not good at saying no to people. <laughs> so they stuck I've me learned in... that that might be a problem within this organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I got put into marketing, which I had a background in marketing. That's okay. what my degree is All from right. Texas A&M. <laughs> right. And so big Aggie here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's just kind of how it worked. All right. Just before we get back to the organization, talk to me about how it felt to finally get off that couch after five years and that first day of doing something. What, what did that do for you? How did that feel? I felt what a blessing from God because I had a lot of doctors that didn't think I'd ever get, ever get to that point. And so I just felt if God's going to allow me to get on my feet and do this type of work, I'm going to do it as hard as I can. Could I ask what was what your illness was? Do you mind? Well, I have mixed connective tissue disease. Okay. And so it kind of, um, I found out through all of this, I had rheumatoid arthritis and I have lupus and I have a disease called pyoderma gangrenosum. Just a lot of different um, autoimmune diseases that kind of all happened at one time. Um, the lupus attacked my brain, causing a severe seizure disorder. And so um, neurologically, things just weren't working. I would never know that you conquered this. Are you? I still live with it. I mean, you seem. Yeah, it's just it's medications, awesome, and God's awesome. So. Okay, so. Uh, it's impressive. You're like I said. You're very nonchalant, and you just you're just kind of like yeah, no big deal. I tell you, God gave me another chance, and I'm out there working. So time. you were physically inhibited, but you were saying that there was also kind of like a, a mental thing because your husband said. Maybe well, slow down. But you were like, dude, I'm doing this. Like, I'm getting out of this couch. Like, right, because it, it, when you have seizures, you can't drive. You know, you have to go so long without having seizures. You have to make sure you're stable. So I still was not able to drive when I first arrived at Center of Hope. I mean, my husband had to bring me to work. Um, but that's kind of where I was, you know, unsure of. That's why he was not so sure. But Okay, very interesting. All right, so what was the first thing you did at, at Center of Hope? What was your first job there? My very first job was doing the newsletter. <laughs> doing the newsletter, okay. Did you? Ex was that kind of weird? No, not but at did all. You expect, I mean, my, I guess my question is, did you expect to do that? Because when you hear of an organization like this, 
there's a number of things that you could you know, be doing. There is. And, you know, the first day they have a volunteer coordinator and it's still like this today. So you sit with a volunteer coordinator and you start learning all the different things the center does. And you really get to say, these are this is my skill and this is how I can be best utilized. I've always been good with graphics and um, it was just kind of something I've always liked to do. So it was an easy fit for me because once I knew I couldn't say no to somebody and it had to be something <laughs> else, I sat with, you know, so many different people at the center, found out what they did. And this opportunity was there and it's really what I wanted to do. Did you immediately click within the organization? Did oh, you absolutely. understand immediately that this is a place that you belonged? Absolutely. Absolutely. You just you see God working there. And I want to be part of that. I think that it's interesting you say that. So in the previous segment, when I was talking to your CEO, Paula Robinson, she was saying that an explosion of growth within this organization happened when people saw results. And mm-hmm. you're saying that that's exactly what drew you to the organization and made sure. you want to stay because you saw that it was effective. Mm-hmm. Yes. That it was really that simple for you? Oh, yes. I mean, I just it's such good work. And I, I tell you, when I first started, we didn't have. As, as many staff members as we have now. It has grown even since I've been there. Mm. Um, but really, you need the staff to develop the different programs that they have there at the center. So, I mean, going in, you could see that they weren't just handing things out to people, that it really was helping people with problems. They were helping them with find solutions to their issues. So it was just, it was not difficult to want to stay there. So you made the jump from volunteer to employee after how long? About a year. I would say a year. So relatively quick, actually, I would yeah. say, don't you think? Yes. I mean, I, like I said, I wasn't driving yet. So for me, it was more of a medical decision to say, I'm ready. I can I can have a job and felt like I was ready to go out. And Did you feel like you accomplished something by being able to do that? Like what, what was the feeling when you actually were able to make that choice? I felt, wow, I can be part of this and grow, you know, the center with what I have. So, I mean, I was going to be a part of it. I felt like a part of it as a volunteer, but as a staff member, I just, it made me feel special. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm speaking with Stacy Markwart. She is the Director of Development for Center of Hope, their website, centerofhopetx.com. You've done a bunch of different stuff for the organization, and now you're in charge of the fundraising, as, as I understand it. That's correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, did you say that that was something that you had done in your previous career? No, no. I have done marketing before. Marketing was so what I'm it was. So I'm still over, you know, the marketing, because when you're doing fundraising, it's not just like an event where you're raising money. You're doing fundraising a lot of different different ways. It might be through marketing communications, um, public relations. So I still am doing the marketing part. Okay. But I do have a team of people who go out and work on this too. Very interesting. So you basically just mm-hmm. added something to your plate pretty much. <laughs> Why not? Well, I, within organizations <laughs> I, like this, it's super common. I, it's always People always kind of look at me crazy, but when we start things off, I'll ask them, I'll say, all right, you're the director of development. Do you hold any other titles? I always say that. Do you hold any other titles? And a lot of times they go, No. I'm also CFO. Well, Paula makes it. And I also do. And it's just, the list keeps going. It's just very common within charities and nonprofits for people to take on probably more than they should. Well, yeah, Paula always makes sure there's a bullet point that says, (laughs) and any other tasks assigned. Gotcha. Oh, so she leaves it open-ended. So there's no way you can wiggle out of stuff. You're stuck with it. You're doing it. That's that's how it goes. Exactly. Okay. All right. So now that you've been doing this fundraising, is it something that you have taken to? How do you how do you feel about it? I feel like if you truly believe in what you are doing, it's an easy sell. You know, if you're just going out there and asking for money, but you don't believe in what you're doing or believe in the organization that you are representing, 
how hard is that? It's terribly hard. But if you truly believe what you're doing and you believe the mission of the center, it's not as hard as it is because you want to you want people to feel like they are a part. So, you know, when people are giving to the center, they are investing their time and their resources and we are somewhere that they can trust that their money is going where it needs to go. So it, it is a hard job. I'm not going to say it's not difficult, but it's also going out and just telling people what you do and what the center does. That to me is all what fundraising is. For Seems me. like it would be rewarding. Absolutely. Does it feel it's good like, when you get yeah. that? When it works? I mean, when it works. Absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a roller coaster. You know, you have your good days and your bad days. But I never, if if, if I hear a no, I never think of it as like. It's a no to me personally. I just continue showing them what the center does. Is it kind of addictive to a certain a a extent? Bit. It seems like you actually, <laughs> you're kind personality. of you're kind of lighting up, and it's kind of like it's like I think that you like you like that. It kind of gives yeah. you it, you know there's a feeling that goes towards it because you're you're winning to a certain extent. You're doing your job, but you're also helping out an organization that you believe in. So there's kind of that double whammy that helps you to keep pushing. Right, right, and it's a lot about building relationships. You know, just going out there, finding what people are, what they want to do. Because there's a lot of giving hearts out there. And so it's just finding where they want to give and um, how their money can be used. So, yeah, I think it's very exhilarating. I promise we will talk about this big fundraising push that you guys are are going for. But you're in a unique position to really explain uh, how this organization works and feels because you've been at both ends of the spectrum. What stands out to you is that thing that you guys do at Center of Hope that really you you like that and you love seeing it happen. What is a program that stands out to you? I think any of the what we call the long term solutions, the education and career development, because that is what helps people truly break the cycle of poverty. You know, it's we're out there. The crisis assistance great. You know, it helps people with the needs that they have right at that moment. But you know, we everybody who comes to our doors, they're going to always ask for food. And we're going to help them with food. And a month later, those resources run out, and we're going to give them food. A month later, those resources run out. You know, if if somebody comes to our door and they are lacking food, it's just a symptom of a much larger problem. And, you know, that's what Center of Hope is all about. It's finding all the levels of poverty somebody has, not just what they lack physically, but what they might be missing educationally, emotionally, or spiritually. And that is what the long-term solutions help with. Finding those other, you know, the crisis assistant helps with physical, but all of the other needs that we have, that's what our, our long-term solutions do. So that's what really. Do you, do you kind of follow some of these cases? Do you, do you watch people as they grow through oh, Center of Hope? Well, absolutely, because I have marketing of communications. It's all about the stories. I mean, we're constantly um, finding out where somebody is and. It just evolves, you know, if you think their story is over, their story's not over. It just, it can continue for a while. So, yes, we always have to know what's going on. Are there, is there one that stands out to you? Is there one that's had a big impact on you? There is. There is? Yes. Do you want me to tell? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a big one for me is one of our participants named Angie. And Angie had had everything going for her. She had a great job. She had her kids in, you know, private schools. She had everything great, but they closed their doors, and she was not able to find a job. And then something in her family, um, relationship-wise, just went bad. She ended up losing her kids. She got onto drugs, got put into jail, you know, and it was her journey back. Because when she came to Center of Hope, she was homeless, and she walked to the center every single day. And we opened the doors to let her in because it was a safe place for her. 
And so that's where she started. And she began our Jobs for Life class and started kind of finding other people in her situation. Because, you know, she probably didn't want to be in that class to begin with. But what was great about that is because there were other people that she could, you know, she figured out that, oh, I'm not alone. And then, of course, the support. We have life coaches and the instructors and just the mentors that work with that program that she found out she wasn't alone. This was a community of support. And she now is, she's got a job. She has a new baby. She's married. You know, she just has a really good story. But just to watch how she went from, you know, an extreme. And I think people think, well, they come to the Center of Hope, you know, maybe they're lazy. They're not doing anything. It's not that at all. There are situations that happen that are beyond your control and you're out of, you know, out of work for a period of time. It's, it's tough. How long was Angie a part of the organization? How long was she a part of Center of Hope? <laughs> she still is. I mean, her story continues. Her story continues. So, I mean, if you're saying how long until she got a job, I mean, I don't know exactly, but it was, you know, maybe a year. And she's still a part of it today. Right. Well, I mean, she keeps in contact. Like like pa- Paula was saying, it's important for us to keep relationships going. She needs to know if something starts to go bad in her life, we're here for her. So relationships, it's important for us to keep going with them and, um, you know, keep in contact. Stacy Markwart is the Director of Development for Center of Hope. You've been busy lately. We were talking off mic that you guys are in the middle of trying to raise some funds for a very specific goal. So let's talk about that. What are you working on right now? Well, um, we actually are getting a new building for our future. We right now work of over, excuse me, we work right now out of five different locations. I guess you can say that. One of them is our our resale shop, but we have five different locations and that's about 17,000 square feet. If you come to Center of Hope, which I'm inviting everybody to come to Center of Hope and tour, but we are just packed to the brim. It's difficult for us to, you know, we have one classroom and we have several things coming out of that one classroom. We just are we need a new space. That's basically it. All right. So in 2014, we were able to purchase a building and some land. Um, it's a b- building that's 28,000 square feet and on five and a half acres of land. And it's plenty of room for us to grow and to consolidate all of our locations into one. And that will ultimately save us 125000 on rent expenses every year. Wow. Yep. Okay, so you guys are going to expand and save. Yes. The, the rare double whammy. Yes. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah. So you already have the building. You're all set up. You're at 17,000 square feet now. You're going to blow it up to 28. Now, you said that you have five different satellite locations, let's say. Well, it's it's really we operate. We're one location, but we have under five different roofs. So oh, okay. they're not really satellite locations. We all just. Okay. Yeah. All right. But you're going to consolidate and have everybody in there. Is the resale yes. shop going to stay where it is or is that going to also move to this new uh, facility? It will move to the new facility so we can um, centralize all our volunteers and resources into one place. So it sounds like you're kind of setting up a campus. Yes. Is that exciting? Mean, how, how does that right. feel? Is it exciting? Oh, my gosh. It's so exciting. I think our volunteers, what's really wonderful is to see the work that's been done and people drive by all the time and tell us, oh, it's going to really happen. This is happening. We just finished refacing the entire exterior of the building. Mm. We've demolitioned the inside, put a new roof on. So right now we're raising funds for the inside of the building. How are you guys working on raising those funds? Well, we are. Uh, we have our Celebration of Hope event, which we just finished in November, which is our fundraising event. And really, it's just building relationships and telling people about about the um, the uh, 
facility that we have, we do a lot of lunch and learns. So we ask people in the community to come to a lunch and learn. And we're so thankful that we have members who sponsor our lunches. So people can come in and learn all about the center, about the mission, what we're doing. And so that's been really good, just getting the word out about what we do. Are you guys close to your target? Well, we've already, we have actually um, raised 1.6 million. Congratulations. And thank you. And we have the the inside is going to be 2.8 million to raise. So, so you've so you've already got the 1.6 million, yes. And you're looking for another 2.7. 2.7. 8 whatever. 7. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We'll take whatever you want to give. It's a little bit more cash. It's no yeah. big deal. Um you, you've got this target in mind. Now, when you know what you guys are doing and what this organization is capable of, and you're seeing that building that's looking now good on the outside, but you know there's nothing on the inside, mm-hmm. is it is it that driving, motivating thing where you want to get out there and you just want to get this money and get moving? Well, absolutely, and it's all in God's timing. You know, we're doing the work. We're doing everything that we need to, but God's going to put us in there when he's ready. Do you have a target date of when you want to get this settled up and, and get that inside all, all ready for, for everybody well, that's— next week would be nice. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, we don't actually know scratching lottery tickets yeah it's difficult when you're raising such an amount of money it's difficult to have exact timeline but we sure would love to do that as soon as possible fair enough i think that kind of uh i think that kind of makes sense all right so you've got this new building and you said it's on what five acres five and a half acres five and a half acres are you guys Mm -hmm. doing anything outside with that are you guys going to use that at all well paula actually um talked about our construction careers program um you know she said that about the number of jobs that are available in the dallas fort worth area um there's a lot of people not necessarily that are unemployed but who are underemployed people who are working but think maybe i can't have a career like that so we offer a construction careers program to help train people. And one of the the buildings that are going to be used out there is for this construction job. Very cool. Um, so you guys, I mean, you guys know what you're doing. You guys are set up as far as what you're doing right now, but also that look into the future, that peak. Right. You know what's, you know what's coming down the tracks. Right. And that's what this building is really going to um, help us with is, you know, expanding on what we do. And I think right now really get people into work training programs. Like there might be a larger kitchen. And so maybe we can help people in the food industry, things like that. Is there a name for this building yet? Um, Center of Hope. Just Center of Hope. <laughs> is there another name? It's you know? a great name for it. I think uh, it, I, I figure I can understand why it's called that. All right. Let, let's talk again about volunteers and opportunities uh, before we start wrapping this up. If somebody wants to take part in Center of Hope, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, a number of ways. We do have volunteer orientations that are held on the first Thursday of each month. Um, the first thing you might want to do, though, is just look on the website under the Get Involved tab. There is a volunteer opportunities, and it will list a lot of the opportunities that we have, um, anywhere from working in the pantry to working in the dining room to helping with client advice to do instructors, adult education. Just there's so many different ways people can get involved. And if they're, if it's not listed and you have a special skill, give us a call. It might be something we're missing. So I think there's just a lot of opportunities to get involved. And for those big money donors that are listening, <laughs> We'd can like they for also you to call. donate through the website or just give them a call? Seriously. I think you should call Stacy Marquardt. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if, if somebody would like to know more about us, I'd be more than happy to talk with somebody. So, um, you know, uh, on our website, on the under our staff, we're all listed there. All right. CenterofHopeTX.com is that website. I've been speaking to Stacey Markwart. She is their director of development. She's fluent in German. <laughs> and... I'm not trying that. <laughs> 
I thought I, I, I was going to have to do it at some point to try and bait you into saying something at least, but I guess it's not going to work. Uh, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, it's a fantastic organization, and uh, I wish you the best of luck with the fundraiser. I hope you come back. Thank you so much for having us. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 